Hi, this is uh, Dr. Pedro Ramirez, Editor-in-Chief of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. Uh, and today I have the pleasure of welcoming uh, Felix Boria, who is in the Department of Obstetrics and Gynecology at Clinica Universidad de Navarra in Madrid, Spain. And uh, Felix is uh, certainly uh, uh, an up-and-coming leader in gynecologic oncology, he has had already several important publications. He was also a former fellow of the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer. So we're really glad to have him. And uh, the topic of this discussion is going to be uh, a publication uh, also in the International Journal of Gynecological Cancer titled Sucor Quality, Validation of ESGO Quality Indicators for Surgical Treatment of Cervical Cancer. So Felix, uh, great to have you. Welcome. And uh, once again, thank you for accepting our, our invitation. Well, thank you. Thank you, Pedro. It's for us a great pleasure to be here. You know, I am a really great fan of your podcast. It's <laughs> incredible for me to be in the other side. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. That's right. So, uh, so Felix, I wanted to, um, let's get started by, uh, first of all, uh, discussing as to why you thought this study was uh, relevant today. Um, and where did you see that there was a gap in knowledge when looking at uh, actually doing this study? Well, lately, uh, indicators of excellence in the treatment of cervical cancer have been associated with better prognosis. However, uh, the literature investigating this in cervical cancer is scarce. In that context, uh, the ESGO developed in 2019, the ESGO Surgical Quality Indicators, for cervical cancer. And to the date, uh, no study have validated these quality indicators. So that's why we decided to conduct this study. Great. And, uh, and Felix, uh, you know, I know that many in our audience are already uh, very familiar with um, the SUCOR study. Um, but I was just wondering if you could just briefly tell us what the SUCOR study uh, was. Uh, what were the, the main findings from that study? And also, uh, please comment on the inclusion criteria for that particular study. So the super study was a retrospective international cohort study conducted by Luis Chiba and colleagues that aimed to evaluate disease-free survival in patients with stage 1B1, 1B2, FIGO 2018 cervical cancer undergoing open versus minimally invasive radical hysterectomy. They found higher risks of recurrence and death for patients who underwent minimally invasive when compared to the open surgery group. They also found that patients that underwent minimally invasive surgery without using a uterine manipulator or with protective vaginal closure had similar rates of relapse to those who underwent open surgery. Patients were eligible if they underwent a radical hysterectomy in a European institution from January 1, 2013 to December 31, 2014. They, they included the squamous cell carcinoma, adenocarcinoma, and adenosquamous carcinoma, and a pelvic MRI confirming a tumor diameter less or equal than four centimeters with no parametral invasion, and a preoperative CT scan or MRI or PET-CT without extracervical metastatic disease were mandatory. The operative report had to describe either a type B or C radical hysterectomy with a bilateral pelvic lymphadenectomy. And those who only underwent sentinel lymph node biopsy were also allowed in the study. Great. And, um, and before we get into like all the details of your study specifically, um, perhaps for uh, some of our listeners outside of Europe, 
Um, can you tell us uh, a little bit more as to what are the ESGO quality indicators in cervical cancer? So the ESGO quality indicators are a list of indicators for surgical treatment of cervical cancer that can be used to audit or improve clinical practice. They are divided in six outcome indicators, such as urological fistula rate less than 3% or recurrent rate at two years in patients with a stage T1, B1, and 0 less than uh, 10%, for example, and nine structural indicators, such as number of surgeries per year, number of ongoing clinical trials. And so now, Felix, in terms of the methodology for, for your study, can you uh, tell us a little bit about how you went about gathering the data for, for this particular uh, study? So we decided to use the SUCOR database to validate these SQL quality indicators and to calculate the process and the structural indicators compliance, we designed a survey with nine items, uh, one for each quality indicator. An invitation to participate in the survey was sent to all the collaborators of the SUCOR study. We sent three different emails, one per month for three months to all the principal investigators of each center. All centers that answer our survey were anonymized and analyzed. The outcome indicators were calculated, calculated independently for every hospital using the main database. And the main objective for our study was to evaluate whether ESGO surgery quality indicators compliance impacts the disease-free survival in patients undergoing radical hysterectomy for cervical cancer. Regarding the response rate, we received a response from 82 investigators that represents 60, 65% of the centers and represent also 838 patients that were operated in these centers that are also 65% of the patients included in the superstatic cohort. <clears throat> Great. So, um... What were the main results and what do you think should be like the take home message from, from your study? So we included 838 patients. The mean number of quality indicators compliance was 13.6 and a total of 479 patients representing 57% of the uh, cohort were operated in at high compliance centers. And we found that uh, high compliance centers perform more open surgeries, more cone biopsies, reported lower use of a uterine manipulator, and a lower use of adjuvant treatment. So we found that women who were operated on centers with high compliance of quality indicators had significant lower risks of death and relapse with a, uh, has a ratio for relapse of 0.39. We also adjust uh, this for conization, surgical approach, use of uterine manipulator and adjuvant therapy. And we found that the risk of relapse remained significantly lower with a hazard ratio of 0.47, but it was not significant when we look at the risk of death. Right, so it's interesting because you mentioned that uh, fifty-seven percent of patients were operated on in, in high compliance center, and and by describing some of those characteristics, it seems obviously the high compliance centers are are basically following the standard of care. But that brings me to yeah. my next question: is that 
if 57% of patients are being operated on in high compliance centers, then 43% are being operated on yeah. in low compliance centers. Uh, what do you think are the implications of this? Should this be uh, concerning to our community of gynecologic oncologists? Yeah, that's true. We decided uh, to fix the limit for considering a center as high compliance center in 13 points. This, represent, this represents 80% of the total, which is the limit that ESGO usually used to consider a center as qualified for surgery in other gynecological tumors, such as ovarian or endometrial cancer. Uh, as you said, this means that 57% of the patients were operated in what, a, what ESGO would consider a qualified center. But I think that this represents uh, the reality in Europe nowadays, where many not specialized centers perform oncologic uh, surgeries. I think that centralization is a pending use issue in Europe, and we must keep working on it to provide better treatment to our patients. Great. And now, Felix, I want to ask you uh, a number of questions that come from our, our fellows. You were a former fellow of the, uh, of the journal. <laughs> So oftentimes they say that like these are some of the tougher questions of the of yeah, the podcast. Yeah, I know, I know. So I'm going to start with a question by uh, Gabriela Schivardi uh, from uh, from Italy at the European Institute of Oncology, and she asked, uh, "Do you believe that by performing a subgroup analysis limited only to patients that have undergone open surgery, uh, you would reach the same conclusions?" Well, that, that's a really nice question. And we also um, ask ourselves that question. We did perform a subgroup analysis so in this group and we found similar results. However, in the paper, we decided to include it in a multivariate analysis that included also conization, use of manipulator and adjuvant treatment. And in this analysis, we still found significant difference between group when looking at disease-free survival. Yeah. This, um, this, this is another interesting question I found. Uh, this is from Tatiana Palacios in, uh, in Colombia. Um, and she asked, as minimally invasive surgery is a risk factor for worse oncologic outcomes, uh, do you think the results of, uh, of the centers may differ because of the surgical approach and not because of the center's expertise or compliance with the ESGO quality indicators? So as, as I stated before, uh, the difference remains significant after adjusting for surgical approach. So I think that centers compliance did play an important role here also. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> Alex, uh, Alexander Sushkevich from Ukraine, he wants to know, um, what do you think is the most essential element of perhaps of compliance with the ESGO uh, quality indicators that may be associated with an increase in, in, uh, in relapse rates, uh, you know, certainly in this, uh, in this study? Well, this, this is also an interesting question. And the answer is, we don't know. We conducted an univariate analysis and when analyzed separately, we didn't find uh, any special indicator to be associated with for survival. Right. So it's like all of them together, not just one. Yeah. So obviously you, you studied the ESGO quality indicators very carefully and, uh, and you saw the, the, the implications as it pertains to, to this study. So the next question from Gabriela Esquivardi again is, considering your results, do you believe we should reassess the criteria used by ESGO for center accreditation? 
Well, first of all, there is no SGO center accreditation for cervical cancer. Uh, only, it only exists for endometrial and ovarian cancer nowadays. But not, no doubt, uh, I think that there, is an, they, there will be an accreditation for cervical cancer in the future. And when that happens, I think that surgical approach and rate of adjuvant treatment should be included as well as items in the, in the evaluation, for sure. Excellent. Uh, this next question comes from Sarita Kumari in India. And um, she notes that your data was collected in 2013 and 2014. Now, considering that there have been changes in staging and changes in the surgical approach to patients with cervical cancer, should these indicators be reviewed again in the coming years with more, uh, one would say, uh, updated information? Yeah, well, I think that the main difference from then to nowadays is um, basically uh, sentinel leaf node mapping and surgical approach. And I think in the future, we should include bilateral mapping rates as a quality indicator, I think, and also surgical approach, approach for sure. Being nowadays, uh, the open surgery lasts the gold standard. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> this next question comes from uh, Harris uh, Theophanakis from, uh, from Greece. Um, and uh, his question is, do you think that based on these results, we should really strive to direct patients to centers with the highest compliance to the quality indicators and how should that approach proceed? Yeah, for sure. You know, regarding oncological treatment, I think that centralization of care should be our aim for all cases. And I think that this is especially important in cervical cancer, which is becoming less and less frequent in European countries. So I think that precisely in cervical cancer, we should centralize all the cases for sure. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that we we've had this uh, this discussion uh, before, and and of course this this would be ideal, I think for the for the for the places where cervical cancer is significantly much more prevalent. You know, certainly, obviously, low and uh, middle income countries, although the centralization will be ideal um, in terms of logistics, it may be a, a significant challenge. Uh, I would I would propose as well. Um, now, his, uh, his next question, again from Harris, uh, is uh, should there be an assessment of the centers from your study that had low compliance so that they be encouraged or required to optimize their numbers? Uh, or do you think this is not really feasible? First of all, that it's not possible because all the centers were anonymized at the beginning of the study. So we really don't know what centers are low or high complaints, we don't know the names, and this is true. Uh, however, I encourage everyone to audit their data. You can audit your data, you have the quality indicators, you have your data, you can audit yourself and things what can be changed to improve your medical care at your center. Yeah, um, this, uh, this uh, question comes from uh, Sarita Kumari, also from, again from India. And um, her question is, after this extensive review and validation that you've done, how would you classify a center as sort of like a gold standard center or a center of excellence for surgical treatment of cervical cancer? What should be the qualities of that center in your mind as to being an ideal center for referral? 
Well, that's uh, a difficult question. I, I think that there is no no such thing as gold standard for centers. I would say that meeting 80% of the proposed items by ESGO is a good standard. I think ESGO is doing a fantastic work lately with ovarian and endometrial cancer. This is what the criteria that they are applying. So I think that it should, this should be our goal. Yeah, and, de and definitely, I think it's a, it's a good opportunity to review those uh, those quality indicators, uh, as you mentioned, not just for cervical cancer, but uh, for some of the other gynecologic cancers as well. Um, so yeah. now, Felix, what would you say, you know, certainly, obviously, uh, as I mentioned, it's an important study, uh, raises a lot of important uh, points and, and, and leaves us sometimes with additional questions. What would you say are the weaknesses of this study? Yeah, uh, well, the main weakness of our study is, of course, the, the retrospective design of the study. Also, we are using a database that was not originally designed to investigate this particular issue. However, the SUCOR database contains more than 300 variables, which make things really easier when investigating with it. However, nine out of 15 quality indicators were obtained with a survey. And there was no external validation of the data, which may be a source of bias for sure. Yeah. Um, so now, Felix, one of the one of the questions I always ask uh, our our participants in the podcast is, um, what do we do with this information? What did we learn from from this study? What should we learn from the study? And how should this impact how we manage patients or how we counsel patients moving forward? <laughs> well, first. I think that this study proves that ESGO quality indicators works and all centers should struggle to adhere to them. Second, I think that we have to include surgical approach in the quality indicators as it is clearly associated with survival nowadays. And finally, the rate of adjuvant treatment in Europe is surprisingly high, especially in low compliance centers, reaching 48% of the patients receiving adjuvant treatment in 1v1, 1v2 tumors. So I think that future investigations should try to address if we are if we are over treating our patients with cervical cancer, you know? No, I think that those are very, very important points. And, and as you said, um, it is somewhat um, surprising, uh, I would say alarming that up to 50% of patients uh, yeah. from all these centers are getting uh, adjuvant treatment. So speaks to the value of the patient selection when we're doing these uh, these procedures. So uh, Felix Boria, thank you so much. Uh, it's always a pleasure uh, speaking with you. Uh, I want to thank you for once again uh, submitting this study to our journal. Uh, congratulations to you and all the investigators in the, in the SUCOR uh, group. Um, and uh, once again, uh, uh, thank you for, for your time. Thank you. Thank you, Pedro, for having us.